What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Rapture Radio, brought to you by Christ Church of Acadiana, located in southwest Louisiana. I feel like I'm trying to get my radio voice back going again. You got it. It'll work out well. I'm Stuart Amadon, your host, and with me, as always, is Brandon the Man Neely. I tried mm-hmm. to call you Pastor B last time, and you didn't like that. I'm working on new anecdotal nicknames here. I'm sure everyone listening loves it. Brandon the Hammer Neely. Brandon mm. the Prophet Neely. Brandon the Shovel? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> All right, moving on. Today we're going to be talking about some cool things going on in the Rapture Radio world. Welcome to the show. I'm picking up in Romans 13. We've been in Romans 13 a lot lately. Oh, yes. We are still in Romans 13. I like it. This is a chapter that we need to talk about, especially given the current political climates. We've been talking about it over in God and government. Now we're bringing it over into the Rapture Radio eschatological scene. I know. Well, and we're I'm doing excited. that because Paul does it. Does he? Yeah, he does. In verse 11, you're going to see he all of a Who sudden knew? starts talking about the hour has come. Oh, that's very dramatic. So he switches, sort of, I'm, I'm from uh, how the ministers of Christ, known as civil rulers, can uh, offer up their service as a living sacrifice to Jesus by okay. approving the good and tormenting the bad and and uh, submitting to Jesus Christ in all of life, especially in their civil realm. We talked about that, as you said, over in God and Government. Right. Those right. sermon archives are available at sermonaudio.com. Right, right. Search We Are Christ Church. I like it. But today we're getting into a Rapture Radio discussion because Paul sort of shifts gears and begin to speak to, begins to speak on eschatology. Mm. That's right. That's fun. So we're going to look at verses 11 through 14 of Romans chapter 13. Uh, we're going to read through it briefly, and then we will break it down. You want to read for us I'll in your wonderful radio My voice? radio voice. Here we go. Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 11. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from the sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Verse 13, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Amen. 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 there is a lot to say here, but in the context of Rapture Radio, we need to point out how many time-related terms are in this particular section. A lot. Besides yeah. this, you know the time that the hour has come. The hour has come. It is here now. For you to wake from sleep. Salvation is nearer to us, that's Paul and the first century Christians, now than when we first believed a few decades ago. Interesting. Interesting. The night is far gone. It's way behind us. Way far gone. Way back there. The day... Is at hand. Is at hand. That means it's like, uh, I don't know, like 4 (laughs) a.m. Right, right. The twilight's coming. Mm -hmm. You can see it coming up over the hills. It's about to happen. That's right. And then he says, so then, let us do some stuff. Cast off the works of darkness. Put on the armor of light. Because all this has happened, because Mm -hmm. these things are happening, we should do this. That's right. I like it. Because of our current place in the eschatological timeline. Yep. In salvific history. Let us behave. (laughs) Let us follow God's commandments. It's interesting. He's making a moral appeal, and his motivation is time. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. His motivation is eschatological. I like it. You can see why uh, eschatology is, in spite of what many unfortunately believe, mm-hmm. very important, right? Very relevant even to our practical day to day behavior, right? Even to our apparently sexual um, ethics, mm-hmm. our unity and harmony in the local church, mm-hmm. right? The what we eat and what we drink, right? Eschatology is practical, right? It is used here by Paul as a motivation for proper living. Right. So, and this is the big question. All right, hit me. What are we doing? What is he talking about? (laughs) What do you mean exactly? Like, what should we do? He's like, no, no, no. He's like, hey, guys, you know, it's about to be daytime. Oh. Besides this, you know the time. Mm. The hour has come. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For you to wake from sleep, mm-hmm. you see the urgency, right? You see the imminence, right? Of a very near event, right? He's anticipating it. He's anticipating it literally coming any moment. Something, he's, something. He's he's like, there it is. It's coming. There it is. Shape up or ship out. That's right. Like, now he's he's basically saying he's like the finish line right. is in sight. Right. Don't collapse. Right. Right. We're tired. You know, our legs are aching. Mm-hmm. Our stomach is upset. Right. There's the finish line right there. Come on, guys, let's go. Yeah. It's now, now the is not the time to give up. Right. Now is the time to to uh, strive for obedience and to persevere in the faith. Right. Right. Amen. Man, so salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. That's 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 encouraging. Amen. It is. Depending on what he's talking about. Correct. <laughs> now you have some options here. One option, which I think most readers would immediately gravitate toward especially if they just read the text casually, mm-hmm. is that Paul is referring to the second coming of Christ, the final coming of Christ at the end of human history. Okay. okay. Genuine, good, well-meaning Christians who have the Spirit of God inside their heart have held this particular position. Right. Men smarter than you and I. Right. But... There's a lot of problems with that. A lot of problems. Yeah. Well, first. Can I say the first one? Yeah, please. Then that means the apostle was wrong. It um, wasn't that close. The text... <laughs> cannot be read any other way. Right. And because this is it's, why... Um, it's 2,000 years later. Yeah. Shape up, guys. Because it's... The night is far gone. Right. The right. day is at hand. Mm-hmm. 2,000 years from now in the future. Right. No. The text cannot uh, sustain that particular interpretation. Right. Right. Just can't. Just doesn't make any sense. And we can't. Uh, we can't believe that the apostle was confused... Or that he was wrong. Well, it was allegorical. No, no, we can't do that. <laughs> it's not very motivational. It's like, uh, um, yeah, no. So there's some other problems. You just look at the text themselves. It says the hour has come for you to wake. Right. This cannot possibly mean thousands of years into the future. It's you. It's you right here. Right. He's That's writing right. to a church. We're doing it now. The day is at hand. The night is far gone. Right, right. Live righteously because Jesus is coming back in the final judgment soon, by which I mean up to 20 centuries from now, and possibly a lot more. You see how it loses its motivational appeal to live righteously. Right, right. It makes zero sense Mm -hmm. in that particular interpretive framework. framework. That that doesn't work. That doesn't work. That's right. So is there any other eschatological event that Paul could have been pointing to or or appealing to 
Is there any other teaching in Scripture that says something is at hand, some great eschatological event is soon to take place, near at hand? And the answer is yes. The kingdom of God. The final, the blossoming of the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and, and the wrath and judgment on the covenant breakers that the messenger of the covenant, Malachi chapter 3 and 4, would bring. And that is judgment on the city, which is mm-hmm. figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, mm-hmm. where our Lord was crucified. The destruction of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. The New Testament teaches that the next eschatological event would not be the end of human history and the judgment of all beings and the restoration of all things finally and ultimately. The next eschatological event would be the destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, and the ending of the old covenant order Mm. and the official establishment of the new covenant order. Mm. Out with the old temple, in with the new. Mm -hmm. Out with the old priesthood, in with the new. Mm -hmm. Out with the old ceremonial laws and in with the new worship. It's a change. Not in Jerusalem, not at Mount Gerizim, in Mm -hmm. spirit and truth. Right. Right. Israel would be divorced, the remnant would be saved, Mm -hmm. and the nations would be grafted into the new covenant. Amen. This is where all of biblical redemptive history was flowing, Mm -hmm. and Paul was foretelling that it was about to finally kick off. Mm -hmm. The finish line was fast approaching. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says in Matthew 24, when he's referring to this very same eschatological event, he says, you see these stones here at this temple? Not a single stone will be left standing. He says, all of these things will happen before this generation passes away. See, Jesus was predicting the next major eschatological event, the bursting of the old wineskins, because they could not withhold. Mm -hmm. They could not hold in the new wine. Amen. Jesus said... That when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. That's Just exactly as Paul the same says. Thing Paul said. That's Paul right. says your salvation is near. Jesus said, look up, be alert. In Luke 21, this is right after telling the people that when you see the city of Jerusalem surrounded by armies, flee to the hills. Mm-hmm. Look up, be alert. Your redemption is drawing near. Redemption of what? The establishment of the new covenant order. Mm. Out with the old covenant. Mm. And redemption, I would say, the salvation um, of the church of Jesus' congregation from the hand of its persecuting enemies, the Jerusalem uh, officials, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? <coughs> Listen to Luke chapter 21, verse 29. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out and leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Amen. Luke like, twenty one thirty two. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Boom. To his disciples, he said, some of you will still be alive when you see the kingdom come in its glory. See, the New Testament shows that there is a major eschatological event that is about to take place. Mm-hmm. It would be 40 years after Jesus' ascension. Mm-hmm. Which and that is significant. The destruction of Jerusalem. That's right. Jesus pouring out his wrath on Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. saving his people from the hand of their enemies, and finally uh, inaugurating, ultimately inaugurating, the new covenant era and the new creation era. Mm. Amen. Hmm. Amen. So, with that being said, let's just summarize what we're saying here. Paul was appealing to this fast-approaching event 
as a motivation for perseverance and repentance and obedience. We're not looking forward to Jesus' return. At the end of human history. That's not what Paul is talking about here. That's He's right. saying the epoch's about to shift. That's right. Imagine an American soldier defecting to Germany after Hitler killed himself. Yeah, that'd be weird. So That wouldn't make any sense. It was hard, man. I, just, I wanted to be on the right side of history. I wanted to be on the winning team. But look, <laughs> the victory has already been won. Yeah. I mean, we still needed to clean up a few things. Imagine a, uh, a Jewish um, uh, person trapped in a concentration camp selling out their brothers one hour before the Americans arrived to liberate them. No. If you see them on the horizon, you say, hold out just a little while longer. You see how the time stamp, the eschatology, mm-hmm. provided a motivation for practical obedient living right that's precisely what paul is trying to say to the roman christians our salvation is nearer than when we first believed right it's at hand it's like 4 a.m in the morning the light's about to dawn so put off that old and put on that new Mm -hmm. amen you repented because the kingdom of god was at hand well it is at hand more now that's right amen it's now and more at hand so keep on repenting Mm -hmm. don't give up that's right. That's exactly what he means. And, and just to apply to ourselves today, because we live 2,000 years after the inauguration of the kingdom, right? After the inauguration of his rule and the uh, gospel going out to the nations, time perspective is super important. Right, right. Like if the shorter your vision, for example, the shorter your vision, the lesser the interest you will have in the future. Say that again. If all you can see is right at the end of your nose, you're not going to be so concerned about things two, three, four days out. Okay. Yep. That's true. Yep. You know, for example, when I was a a young, fundamentalist, dispensational, independent, (laughs) pre-trib, pre-mill Baptist, (laughs) tie-wearing... Now, don't get me wrong. I love those people, and they've done really well for me and, and set me up on a great foundation. But... They uh, they would constantly repeat the refrain, I ain't buying no green bananas. Hmm. I wouldn't be buying no green bananas. He's coming any minute now, any minute the rapture is about to take place. You see, time had an impact on their vision, on their planning. And on the, what they did day to day. On their practical day to day. And I, being a young man filled with zeal and not with knowledge, liquidated all of my savings. <laughs> Sold all of my mutual funds hmm. and bought a Mercury. Why not drive in style if we only have a few years left? Why save for the future when the world's about to end? Oh, man. You see, but if I would have read Scripture clearly where the return of Jesus, we know when the return of Jesus will take place. Mm -hmm. He says he will rule, he must rule, until he puts all his enemies under his feet. Mm -hmm. After having done that, the last enemy to be defeated will be death, and then the end will come. Mm -hmm. We've still got some time, folks. Right, right. Right. Paul said that they were like 4 a.m., I'd say we're like at 9 a.m., okay? okay? The sun has dawned, but there are still a lot of enemies that need to be made his footstool. footstool. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we don't know precisely. We, can, we cannot know these things precisely. Mm-hmm. But the idea that at any second, at any second, so don't save, don't provide an inheritance. Well, this is foolish. Mm-hmm. No, we have to have the right understanding of eschatology if we want to live right. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We need to have long-term goals. And long-term goals and short-term goals are always in tension with one another. Like, for example, what's some of your long-term goals? 
have retirement one day. There you go. <laughs> I actually have money in the bank to retire on. So that your children don't have to spend a bunch of money to right. take care of you. Well, in my mind, the word retirement really just means a Roth IRA that's probably going to go to my kids anyway. Yeah, there you go. That's the general gist. Well, Proverbs tells us that if we love people, if Proverbs tells us that we love people, you know what we will do? We will save so that we don't have to become a burden for them right. in the future. Right. So you're stocking away out of love for your children and out of love for others so that you have enough to get a buy with. Someone's calling me right now on my, on my phone. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting call, I would say. Yeah. So what are some short-term goals you have? Just continue to grow the business, find people who are faithfully uh, doing the work that the Lord has called them to do, maybe find a lane for them to run over here. Continue to develop ministries in the church. Um, but, like, let's imagine you had no long-term goals whatsoever. Okay. What's some short-term goals or desires that you might capitalize on right now if you could just forget about those long-term goals? Sell my Roth IRA. <laughs> <laughs> see, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. If you have no long-term vision, your concern for the future is just, you know, not that strong. Right, right. Like, I have a long-term vision of, of saving inheritance for my children so that they might be able to have... Um, more income to bless the kingdom with and to participate in the advance of the kingdom. Right. I want to hand down to them uh, land and various other assets that hopefully aren't uh, inflated or whatever or stolen right. from them. But, you know, I have a short-term goal as well. I would love to have a golf cart, for example. <laughs> That's very specific. Not a four-wheeler, a golf cart. It would be nice. To, well, I'd prefer to have like a, a mule or a or a side by side, but those are just those cost so much money. <laughs> the truck I drive yeah. is a two thousand dollar truck. So imagine me spending a thirteen thousand dollars on a on a side by side four four wheel drive golf cart. That'd so, be a little strange. It'd be strange, but I'd love to have a golf cart. You know, just yeah. pile all the kids in there and ride on down to sunset. Give me some chili dogs. <laughs> you know, ride on to the back uh, back acres of the property and, and visit with uh, my oldest. You know, that'd yeah. be so much fun. Yeah, that'd, you know, be, that'd nice. be so much fun. But instead, I'm saving up for an inheritance. So I have long-term goals and short-term goals acting in tension with one another. Yeah, I see But the that. only way to have a proper understanding of this is if you have proper eschatology. Right. There's just, there's just no other way around. If your eschatology is confused, mm-hmm. you will, unfortunately, sacrifice long-term goals for short-term goals. You will have a sure. short-sighted thinking. You will be less strategic. And you will be um, you will be handing over much of the kingdom to the enemy. Right. So societies that have short term goals, period, instant gratification. Mm-hmm. These are societies that have huge one hundred thousand dollar car loans, which is becoming more and more common. It's our society. So, like, whenever I was young, the classiest, hottest car on the road was the Corvette. Mm-hmm. And it was $70,000 to buy one brand wow. new. And that was amazing to me as a child. I was like, wow, that's $70,000. Who could ever do that? Wow. But now those Ford Super Duties that drive on those big Ford Super Duty trucks that drive around the road, they're like one hundred and ten grand. 110000 for a Chevrolet. That's a Ford. Or but, a Ford. <laughs> that's crazy. That's it's, a, it's a wild time to But be people alive. aren't thinking long term. They're and just I thinking, what's my monthly all note? All over the interstate. What's the monthly they're note? Everywhere. What's the monthly note? That's all they're thinking about. They're right. not thinking about long term. We, we live in a society of instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are sacrificing the future. For today, our government is sacrificing our economic future of our grandchildren, our great grandchildren, to bail us out today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from problems that it created. Right. A short-term society that has no vision for the future 
is doomed. Mm-hmm. We have to have our eschatology right. It is not a throw-off issue. Mm-hmm. So let's get the books out. Let's get to studying. Hey, no one, no one listening to this radio program is going to be forced to agree with us. We want each person to agree and to be persuaded in their own mind, Romans chapter 14. That's right. But if you're going to settle it, or if you're going to behave as though it is settled, you need to do the study and you need to do the reading. It is very practical to how you live and the decisions you make in your life. And that's an important thing to talk about, because we fly by the emotional seat of our pants in the society in which we live. We do what makes it feel good, instant gratification, that's the general gist. That's right. But to reason all the way down, right, the Bible says that a man should be slow to speak. The, the general principle there applies here, too. You're slow to speak because you think before you talk. Right. <laughs> You're trying to reason through and make sure that your words actually matter. Your action's the same exact thing. Give me the biblical basis for what I'm about to do. And that takes work. Yes, and, and what we're saying is eschatology is a part of that. Absolutely. We have all of Rapture Radio. Listen to all the archives. Mm-hmm. Do your homework. If you want to disagree with us, that's fine, but you need to have done your homework. Right. You 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 have to Don't study. Up, you have, have to consider the arguments. Mm-hmm. Imagine, for example, trying to explain to a twenty three year old that was just married. You know, the purpose of marriage is to have children. It's not the only purpose. Companionship, right? Um, having a helpmate to help you in your dominion mandate given mm-hmm. to you by God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one of the purposes, Malachi chapter three, I desire godly offspring. Mm-hmm. Right? right, hence the establishment of the marriage covenant. Mm-hmm. One of the purposes is godly offspring. That's right. Now, imagine trying to explain to a twenty-three-year-old. You know how much better it will be to have a seven-year-old when you're in your twenties, your late twenties, right? Than if you're in your forties, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, what do you know? Well, I'm forty-four. I can tell you from testimony. <laughs> See, imagine what yeah. it would be like, young man, young woman, to have. 33 grandchildren. Mm. Amen. To know those great-grandchildren. Imagine going to meet your Lord knowing that you have left, you have left a legacy of little saved souls, godly offspring to advance the kingdom in the name of Christ after you. Amen. See, the only way you will agree with me and not live for the moment, oh, we want to spend a little time together. We want to get to know, we want to travel. Right. We want to fulfill our wanderlust. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have the responsibilities of uh, staying up at night and changing diapers and dealing with children. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, short-sighted young one. Mm-hmm. When you get to a certain age, all you will care about right. are your grandchildren That's and right. your great-grandchildren. It's all you will care about. And you will regret not having a long-term vision. Amen. A long-term vision that extends hundreds of years beyond your death. Mm. What are you building today? How are you planning today to have a legacy that lasts for hundreds of years? The Bible promises that the legacy of the righteous will last, but you need to be behaving righteously. Mm-hmm. And I do think, I do think that it, having your eschatology squared away is an essential part of this. Sure, there's people with confused eschatology that do these very same things, but why live with intellectual schizophrenia? Right. Let's be consistent in all of our thinking and all of our actions. Right. Amen. All righty. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Rapture Radio. Hope that you find all of our resources, whether it's on wearechristchurch.com or anywhere that you find podcasts. We'd invite you to share, review, recommend us to your friends, and all those wonderful things. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we will see you next time.